I'll dig everything before I leave. I need to find that bag of McCoy's. Alex Hartley took us off air in Brighton earlier this year. I'm a huge fan of Pepper. We thought we were really funny. Bobby, I'm doing a <laughs> podcast, man. Come on. <laughs> well, my dog is now called Jimmy Anderson. Oh, well, Manchester Originals aren't through to the Eliminators, so I've got James to eat. Yeah. Do you cook French food? Like, do you cook frog legs and snails? <laughs> Uh, just lock myself in a procedure room. Sophie Eccleston's the worst. It's like having a child with you when she's on top. I don't know whether it shows something about me or whether it just shows something a little bit stupid. So Polly, it's 10 o'clock on Thursday night. Tell me about your day so far. Yeah, well, I've had a, a very exciting day. Headed to Trent Bridge for the test match, first day of the test. Um, so, of course, if this audio is a bit awful, it's because we are not in the same room. We do not have microphones. Um, it's a little bit rogue, but I think that is uh, that's kind of part of the fun of it. So, yeah, as I say, I've been at Trent Bridge the first day of the test, um, done a bit of writing, kind of summarised the first day. And it's been fantastic um, meeting lots of people, doing lots of work, eating some great food at Trent Bridge. Um, I have to recommend their cakes were fantastic today. Um, I do have a bit of a ranking of kind of all the grounds and how good their food is. And Trent Bridge has shot into kind of the top three. So I'm um, very, very impressed. But yeah, a great first day of the Ashes and my first time ever kind of working on the Ashes. So very exciting. It sounds absolutely amazing. You've been hanging out with some very cool people in the press box at, uh, at Trent Bridge. And uh, I heard... You've been speaking to a rival podcast as well. Um, oh, I would never. In fact, one of the podcasts I listen to, uh, when when someone on that podcast speaks on another podcast, they call it podultery. When you're <laughs> unfaithful to your podcast uh, by going to speak on another one. But yeah, the TalkSport podcast with uh, Georgie, that's absolutely brilliant. Straight after the game, that's gone out. That's a national radio station podcast. So, um, Polly, this is next level, but you're not supposed to work without me. We'd come as a pair, surely. Yeah, well, you weren't there. If you were there, I would have called on you. But, yeah, I did do uh, the TalkSport podcast with Georgie, which I really loved doing, kind of just summar summarising the day. Um, it was quite cool. We were right at the top of the media centre, looking over as they put the hover cover back on. Um, that I just love, like, when cricket grounds, like, close for the day and just seeing all those things. <laughs> It's such a like cricket nerd thing, but yeah, no, I, I loved it. And um, yeah, it was cool to be on Talk Sport. Um, so yeah, that was very good. But don't worry, I will never ditch this podcast. Oh, that's very lovely of you, Paul. <laughs> um, so talk us through, we've had the first day of the test. Who's winning? Do you know what? I hate when people ask who's winning. It's normally like non-cricket friends because they don't understand it. <laughs> To be fair, I actually think this is quite in the balance. If you'd asked me after the first session, I'd put Australia all the way. Um, but I actually think England managed to pull it back. I think particularly after the rain break, that had the big difference. Sophie Eccleston, major impact, but then also Lauren Filer. Um, so I think England are in a better place and I feel more confident, especially with the wicket towards the end of the day. But at the same time, Australia are pressing on. And I kind of, we need to get the rest of those wickets tomorrow morning. Otherwise, we're kind of going to suffer. 
Yeah, I always think with the test match that if you bat first, you you want to get you know three hundred plus in the day, which is what Australia got, and you want to have a good number of wickets left over to extend that total heading towards five hundred. So I, I guess batting first three hundred for five would be a good day. Um, and if you are bowling first, and I mean, if you put the side in, Heather Knight said she would have put them in. You really want to bowl them out on the first day. Um, but I'd say, yeah, three, was it 328 for seven at the end? I think that is, that's pretty even. Uh, in fact, I think I, I sent you a little message, didn't I, when they took the new ball with half an hour to go and say, if we don't take any wickets in the next half hour, it's Australia's day. If we take two wickets, it's our day. If we get one wicket, it's about even. And that, that's exactly what happened. Um, so it, it's still all to play for, but what happens in the session tomorrow morning is key, isn't it? If we can skittle them out in the first hour, then you'd say England win is definitely on the cards. The further, the deeper Australia take it into day two, the less likely an England win looks. Yeah, definitely. I think getting Sutherland out in particular tomorrow morning is key because, um, yeah, she's pretty decent with the bat. And I think just, yeah, building those partnerships again is really good. Shall we chat through some of kind of the occurrences of Australia, some of the wickets and, and different scenarios throughout the day? Let's start by talking about one of the debutants, Phoebe Litchfield. From what I saw, I mean, I was working today, by the way, so I've, <laughs> I've thought this pieces, but the shots I've seen her play, she really looked the part. She really looked the part. Uh, didn't look like someone making their debut, didn't look like, like someone who was what, 19, 20 years old. Uh, she really looked the part and people have talked her up a lot, I know. Um, but I guess the only mistake she made was not reviewing her dismissal. And I think she was so disappointed with the non-shots she played and felt she'd been so deceived by the bowler. It was almost like, I deserve to be out. That was so rubbish. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to waste a, a review on this, but had she reviewed it, I mean, it, it wouldn't have hit the fourth stump. It was, it was really quite a, a poor umpiring decision. In fact, one of quite a few poor umpiring decisions today. Yeah. I mean... Sue and Anna, we love you, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, I must get that in there. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I suppose with someone like Phoebe Litchfield, I mean, she's incredible, but also like these are the first time she's ever having to experience these scenarios. Like, of course, I don't think she would have ever played much with DRS um, because she would have only ever had that in international games. Um, and I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think she would have used it very much because I don't think they have it in the WBBL. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I mean, clearly that experience came through. But overall, she looked absolutely brilliant, didn't she? And it was Kate Cross, wasn't it, who who got that wicket um, to get her out. They put on about 50, didn't they, for the first wicket? Um, and so, yeah, that was a decent start for England. But things started sort of slipping away from us, really, as the, as the morning went on. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of classic Elise Perry just tries to take the game away. Um, and it was an interesting one as an England fan because from one, like, my England heart was being like, oh, I just want to get Elise Perry out, like, ASAP. But then also I was like, I just want to witness an Elise Perry century in person. 
in the end, I feel like I kind of got the best of both because I almost saw the century, you know, I saw 99 runs, that was enough. And then Lauren Filer was just unbelievable. I mean, she almost got Elise Perry with her first delivery. Um, of course, yeah, Perry got an inside edge, but I, I thought that was a great first delivery and kind of everyone's first chance to to see Lauren Filer in international cricket. But then to get her on 99 was just, oh, it was perfect. It's really interesting, isn't it, that John Lewis has pulled Lauren Filer out of the bag. Uh, none of us saw it coming. None of us saw, you know, would have listed her as a potential England bowler for the test match. And yet here she is. And she is different. And she is quick. And she is giving the Aussies some problems. So it's, it's, it's really interesting what an outside pair of eyes can do when they look at the talent pool within English cricket. Yeah, it's really interesting because you mentioned last week about John Lewis, of course, like being a fast bowler and a fast bowling coach. So he kind of, he he has more kind of qualities to spot these things. And yeah, we were all shot when Filer got called up. But I think, to, you know, from that first ball, I've never seen her bowl from, it wasn't quite a bird's eye view, but from a higher up view, I've kind of, I've seen a little bit of like clips and stuff, but to, to see that in person and see the swing she gets, the pace she has, that sort of thing. Um, I'm like, right, yeah, she belongs in this England side. This is, okay, this is why John Lewis has picked her. And um, yeah, I thought she did excellently. And I think also to get the wickets of Beth Mooney and Elise Perry, like two very key wickets and just stay chill under pressure and also bounce back after that first ball because, I mean, that must have been the biggest adrenaline and then just the biggest letdown. Um, so no, I, I, I was really impressed by Lauren today. And I think, it's quite, I mentioned this, that because she's kind of, un, even she's, I mean, she's known to within the English domestic system, but I'd say kind of outside of that, a lot of people wouldn't know her. Even some of the, you know, some of the England players wouldn't necessarily know her that well because they don't always play regional cricket and so wouldn't have faced that sort of thing. So, you know, the Aussies aren't going to really know anything. So I'd imagine that analysts for Australia have been kind of scrambling around trying to find footage or different things. I think, to be fair, maybe some of the Aussies have faced it. I think like Alana King might have played against her in the 100, but I mean, that it's minimal experience. Um, so, and, and yeah, we, I think that's been interesting. As, as we said last time, since the 100, since last season, she's found another yard of pace. And that's the point of difference, isn't it? And that's what they're struggling with because not only have they not faced Lauren Filer before, they've not really faced anyone bowling at 76, 77 miles an hour before. And it's the ball is just coming onto them slightly quicker than they anticipate. Yeah, because you're seeing a lot of the Aussie batters were taking a couple of balls to kind of get used to her. I mean, some of them then were figuring out how to play her. But again, it was it was a lot harder. They kind of realised, oh, I haven't faced something quite like this. So I think that's been a massive benefit to England. Now, the side of England's bowling I want to talk about is spin, because we spoke about this a lot last week. But I think, firstly, Sophie Eccleston, undeniably the best. Um, she bowled so well today and just made the difference. However, her workload was ridiculous. She bowled 31 overs which is about a third of the bowling today. Um, I think even more than that. Um, yeah. 
So I just worry that if she, well, she's going to have to bowl tomorrow morning, then she's going to have to bowl in the second innings. And you don't want her racking up, you know, 60 plus overs again, like she did in Bristol. We saw how that, that wore her shoulder out. And then she's got three T20s and three ODIs. And England are going to rely on her in those series as well. How on earth can that continue? Like she can't just bowl all these overs. But what choice do we have? This is this is the thing. So do you give, you know, do you say to Sophia Dunkley, right, you're going to have to bowl 12 overs in the second innings. Emma Lamb, you're going to have to bowl 12 overs in the second innings. And Sophie Eccleston, we're going to restrict you to no more than 20 overs in the second innings. We can't win the game if she only bowls 20 overs. So it's a, it's a really difficult one, isn't it? Because then what you're saying is we need to win the game. Therefore, she needs to bowl... 60, 70 overs across the game, uh, but with the danger that we'll then lose the rest of the game from the series because we'll, she'll be absolutely worn out. Yeah, it, it is a worry. And it's like, I kind of see both sides because I'm like, yeah, we need a second frontline spinner. But then I was also looking at the lineup and I was like, who on earth do you replace? Like, I don't see who could, you know, be like missed out the team for us for someone like Charlie Dean for example so in my eyes I don't quite know how that would work um interestingly about Nats of Brunt of course she only bowled five overs today um I was listening to the TMS podcast after the play today and Catherine Silverbrunt was on that and said that um, two things firstly Nat struggling a little bit with her knee which was like oh my gosh Ben Stokes 2.0 um, but then secondly, was it was kind of an obvious thing, was like, well, Nat's going to be really relied on in the batting throughout the series, but particularly in this test. And you don't want her, you really don't want to wear her out, particularly in the first innings, um, because, you know, she's probably going to have to go on and make a big score. And you'd want her to be out there making 100, 150. So you don't want to, you know, make her bowl more overs when it's not necessary um so I, I, yeah it'll be interesting to see how many issues that issue bowls tomorrow morning and that sort of thing um but yeah that because I, I was slightly confused why she just wasn't bowling much because she didn't bowl particularly badly I mean she was a little bit expensive but I mean she bowled a maiden so yeah <laughs> yes but her other four overs went for 26 so well, yeah it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because without her bowling, that does affect the balance of the side because her role is an all-rounder. And if she's only going to bowl five overs, then actually she's no different from Heather Knight or Ella, Emma Lamb as an all-rounder. Um, and so suddenly that increases the workload on Crossbell and Filer. Um, you know, so Kate Cross bowled 19 overs today. Uh, which again, significantly more than Bell and Filer, who bowled 14 apiece. Um, but suddenly that's giving them quite a lot of, of workload, isn't it? And, and also it means there isn't that variety of options available when you know, you've only got one spinner playing as well. Um, so it just seems a, a little imbalanced and you just think, well, could Danny Gibson have played? You know, it might have mean, meant that Danny Wyatt would miss out, but it would have just given more options. Now, clearly what John Lewis saw 
um, was that that wasn't going to be a, a combination that worked. You know, maybe Danny Gibson's bowling wasn't the sort of bowling that they wanted anyway. So she wouldn't have bowled many overs and it wouldn't have worked particularly well. So I, I don't know, but it's it seems without Natsiva Runt bowling, it seems quite imbalanced to me. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, yeah, it's, it's a kind of difficult one to figure out. Um, but I think, yeah, once England's back, I think it'll be interesting to see how Danny White plays. Um, and I think that will be the proof of whether it's worked for her inclusion over Danny Gibson. Um, obviously, they're not like the same player, but I mean, that's kind of the only person I could see being swapped out. Um so, yeah, but I think it's been a good day of first play. Um, first well, first day of play. <laughs> My head is absolutely gone. Um, yeah, it's, it's long days. And I was like, I'm not going to do this for five days. Very minimal endurance. But um, no, it's, it's like it's easy work in terms of like I'm watching cricket. <laughs> um, there are so yes. many worse things yes. that you could be doing. <laughs> but yes, I guess you left the house about eight o'clock this morning and it's now coming up to half past ten at night and, uh, you know, you've been on the go all day. So absolutely amazing. Um, so it, the great thing is at the end of day one, it's still very open. It's still up for grabs. It, we'll see what tomorrow brings. I'm coming along on Saturday to watch the game as well. So it'd be really interesting to see when both sides are batted, where exactly we're at. Um, but yes, I'm hoping for a strong performance tomorrow morning by England, dismissing Australia in the first hour. And then I expect England to bat the rest of Friday. And I want to spend the whole Saturday watching England batting, accumulating a massive, massive total. That would be fantastic. Um, so we have got a guest this week, um, not particularly related to the Ashes, but we spoke to Olivia Bell, who's been one of the standout players for Thunder this season. Um, been excellent, took four foot in the semi-final of the Charlotte Edwards Cup. So enjoy our chat with Olivia. So chat us through your cricket story and how you first got involved with cricket. Um, so got involved when I was about five or six there's a cricket club just across the road um and just got involved you know it's, it's a Friday night there's a bar parents love it just a good thing to do I played football and rugby like I've done all sorts of different sports so we just tried them all and, and I picked up cricket quite liked it um and off the back of that just kind of carried on through age group at, at the club at Georgians and then um got introduced to the Cheshire setup about so I was about 13 I think did a couple of years through that sort of 13 15 18 and then um so into Thunder Academy from there and then and then just kind of Scotland setup also and just kind of went from there really that's amazing you talk as if it's like a completely <laughs> normal thing that happens to everyone uh, that's absolutely brilliant now just name check your cricket club for us because I know it's always really good uh, for those people who've invested in you to hear themselves mentioned. So what's the name of your cricket club? name of the cricket club is Stockport Georgians Cricket Club. So mm -hmm. it's one of a couple in Stockport. 
yeah. um, which is really good. Like loads of competition for players. There's loads of people about, but um, also like one one of the only setups with um like a junior setup. We've had like girls like under nines, under elevens, under thirteens for years. Like I remember, I had the option to play sort of boys or girls cricket, which I know that like so many people didn't have. So yeah, it's a great club, really, really good little good good little community club. That sounds great. And can you give us the names of some of the people who've been quite influential on you uh, based at that club? Yeah, um, I'd say that from from the get go, some of the some of the volunteers. I think Karen Bailey and Trevor Bailey. They're kind of Trevor's the chairman and Karen's been involved in the in the um, ankle biter stuff or, or the sort of all stars as it is now. Mm-hmm. So they've kind of they. I mean, they've been around as long as I've been there. I think Neil Henry definitely coached me a lot when I was younger. I think Neil Wakefield now does loads. And then my dad's a big part of that as well. Um, so obviously Ray says, so yeah, loads of loads of people that have been just put a lot of time and a lot of energy into the club and, and, and it's a great place to be because of it. I just love that. It's like there's all across the country, there are these secret communities of people who are just investing into the next generation of young cricketers all the time and, and, and actually seeing things happen, which I think is absolutely brilliant. There are, and there's so many. Like you just, you couldn't name... I mean, if you put it on a list, there'd be there'd be thousands, wouldn't there? And, and none of them, really, none of them ever do it for anything other than other than to benefit the community because most people will never never get the credit they they deserve, really, will they? That's right. No, 100%. So people will notice from your accent and the fact you're from Stockport that you don't have much of a Scot- Scottish accent. So tell us about how you qualified to play for Scotland and your decision to, to you know, you played for the under-19s and you've also made your debut for the senior team. Yeah, so um, it's kind of pre-lockdown. So my so my dad um, is is it was born in Scotland, is Scottish, um, has sort of Scottish family, and then moved over in, into England for uni. My mum's from Devon, and so they both moved um, away from home. Obviously, met they sort of settled down in Manchester. So hence why I'm you know from Stockport. They picked Stockport, um, and but but obviously my dad's got got Scottish family, a bit of Irish family, and so. Um, he, pre-lockdown, we he kind of got in contact. I can't remember who it was with. Um, but just sort of, I think he'd he'd heard something about Scotland. Had played possibly Cheshire or or something. They'd come down and they played, and um, he just asked kind of what eligibility criteria is, like how that goes, and um, had a couple of conversations. Worked out that I could qualify through sort of him and his his side of the family. Um. And and we went from there, like I qualified. And so I sort of went to a bit of training. Um, I think it was possibly start of last year um, or, or year before. I did a bit of training with them. World Cup qualifiers were coming up for the 19s, got involved in that. You know, we did well, we progressed. And, and so I, you know, I, I, I went to play for them. And I think it's been great fun. I think the setup like has its issues, but I think it's also great. It's filled with so many great people. And um, I'm very, very glad I got involved. Brilliant. I've got a little test for you to find out how Scottish you really are. You know, the Ashes <laughs> is coming up. Who are you supporting? Yeah. <laughs> I am. I'm. I'm not. I'm not going to be too. I, I'll support England. Like I, I do support England. I've watched England growing up. I'll support them in in other in other sports. But but um, and so do a lot of the Scottish Scottish girls as well. But um. I do understand there's a little a little rivalry. And so we get, you know, some of the English girls get a bit of stick here and there, which is completely valid. 
I'm glad to hear <laughs> that. I'm glad to hear that. So, yeah, as you say, it was kind of a great opportunity because it meant you could go and play the Under-19 Women's World Cup. But what were the qualifiers like? Because there was, of course, no guarantee that Scotland were going to be there. You had to beat the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. So that was a really weird one because I wasn't sort of hugely involved in the group at that point. I didn't know many people. And then on top of that, there's next to no footage of, of Scotland 19s or Netherlands 19s anywhere. So we had no no idea of how good they'd be. We hadn't really played as a full group before. They hadn't had play, hadn't played many fixtures. So um, it was a completely just like, let's go and see how it goes. Um, and that was great fun, as it turns out. The cricket was, you know, Netherlands probably aren't quite as far in their development as maybe we are, especially sort of their 19s, um, potentially, potentially not their women. But but they, um, it was a good good couple of games, but I think, some of our girls in particular had had a great week and in the end it was a relatively comfortable qualification for us um which which again was good it was good fun good to kind of get a first outing out proper outing with the group so it was great fun so that meant you get to go to south africa for the under 19 world cup at the start of this year tell me all yeah. about that experience i suppose st- starting with all the the build-up to it and the preparation yeah it was um so it was great we um we started we prepped um for a little bit we went to training camp in Lamanga in December late December we went with some of the women and we had a couple games out there which was really good and it was good to be playing cricket so late on in the year it was an ash show but it was still like you don't do it often and then a couple of weeks that we sort of came home a couple of weeks later I stayed in Scotland for a bit after that um just to be around and then we flew out to South Africa and and straight off the bat, like the vibes of playing cricket in January is really very good. Like it's it's you think you look back home and everyone's kind of right in their winter block. And and I've been doing winter training, but the sun it's a thirty degrees, sun shining. It was it was great fun. So um, like as soon as we got there, we're straight out playing cricket. Like um, we played Sri Lanka, we played USA warm up. Um, we got involved in like we started the group stages um, didn't go our way for, for, for that but again like still absolutely great fun I think the field and innings and our bowling innings for all three games was probably some of the like I've had the most fun and, and, and enjoyed it the most in any cricket I've ever played um, and then yeah we we finished off strong with a win against USA and came home and and, and got to sort of everyone else was kind of really deep in their winter training at that point and and we were feeling kind of rather refreshed and ready to get into a month or two more of nets and then we could get back out in the sun. So it was great fun, really good. It, it looked absolutely amazing. Now, of course, in your group games, you you played, now let me get this right, did you play South Africa and India and UAE? We did, yeah, yeah. So tell me, tell me about particularly playing against India, who went on, of course, to win the tournament. What were they like as a side to play against? Um, they're very kind of chilled. They're very quiet. They're not, they're not in your face. They're not, you know, outwardly flying or, or have like ridiculous energy, but like the players, some of their players, I mean, you've watched some of them kind of in the IPL, you've watched some of them, um, sort of continue and play more cricket, but that, you know, there's a couple batters that are just phenomenal. Like they're, they're like, just like, even just like how they hit the ball, they just hit it well. Like, they make it like we bowled some good balls against them. They just sent them, sent them to the ropes. So they just say, yeah, one, we'll have a single there. Um, 
some of their batting I think was like outstanding um and again with the ball they were just very disciplined um but it was it's very cool to just experience cricket playing against sort of different teams and and the style of play is always going to be different across the world so it was they were they were a different class in in all discipline but they were very good and it can only make you better can't it to play against it absolutely yeah 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 um so I mean you could see the you could see the reaction when we got Verma out I mean it was like outrageous the what the girls just flew in we were all just bouncing and it's just like she's a she's a great player that's played against a group like a, a lot of very good players and, and we get to do the same so it's just like very good experience and, and really good for your cricket and of course in the game against UAE you got to play against a Thunder teammate in Mahika Gore as well tell us a little bit about her yeah Meeks is great I, I didn't know her particularly well at that point she hadn't been around much um so I'd met her a couple couple times um but she's you know she's a very good player you've watched her play and and attitude wise like very good and 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 a hard worker so she was it was great fun to play against her there was a bit um a bit of kind of while we were playing them we both kind of knew that we were up against it each each of us were kind of potentially like one of us was this was an important game first up and so it was a good game to get involved in and like very passionate from both sides and and she in particular, she was very good that game. So absolutely, it was great fun. Yeah, and Thunder have got so so much like good young talent coming through, you being one of them. So talk to us about your debut for Thunder, because of course, you were kind of taking the place of Sophie Eccleston, which is a really difficult job. But in the four games you've played, you've taken, I think, double the amount of wickets that she's taken, perhaps even more. So, you know, you've done a great job of, of filling her role. So what was that debut like? Yeah, it was... Um... I I subbed a couple of games and I wasn't sure whether I'd get a game and and obviously we were at the Aegeus Bowl I'd never played anywhere like that before and and kind of got thrown in at the deep end a little bit we were potentially on a, a run of a couple of losses and it was um it was just like from the get go the team backed me and and we we sort of went out to play like a, a good game of cricket and unfortunately it wasn't wasn't our day that day but I found it like it was a great like it was a great day to make a debut the support and and that I was given was great and and I would argue potentially I don't like the comparison necessarily between anyone you know that I potentially have come in for I think it's more like I was I was given the job to bowl straight get wickets and and keep it as and controlled and as tight as possible and, and that's what I tried to do but you know she if she's the best bowler I've seen probably like she is statistically the best bowler in the world and and so I think people have analyzed her more than they've probably analyzed any other bowler and and, and no one had seen me so it's it's not the same comparison I wish it was but it's it's not because like I'm a bit of a no one knows what's gonna what I'm gonna do because no one's seen any footage and and, and for her people have probably watched hours so it's 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 a nice it's a nice comparison but it's 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 not there it's it's not a comparison well and it's amazing how quickly things happened isn't it because you made your debut and then just within what seemed like a few days you're playing in the finals day of the Charlotte <laughs> Cup and uh, yeah so we heard that Sophie Eccleston would be eligible to be called up for that game and we just thought oh that would be such a shame if she takes your place but of course you ended up 
bowling in tandem with uh, both of you playing. Tell us what it was like at Worcester that day. Yeah, again, like we didn't necessarily expect to be there, um, but we we fought the last the, the games before that. We fought to be there, and and I believe we deserved to be there in the end. And so initially, like we were we were buzzing just to be there. But I think again, I wasn't I wasn't sure what the team would be. I didn't know. I'd I'd potentially done as much as I I could to to prove that you know I wanted to be in in that team. But again, there's some good players coming back, and I think Shawzi would put out the best team that he can. And and I was thankful that I was in that and and playing alongside players, you know, as good as as Sophie. But again, like I think it's 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 we're, we're spinners, but but we we have a different role and and people have seen different things, and so. I was happy to play. I thought it was a great day out. Um, we, I think we played very well. I think we just had a little, a couple of, of bits that went, didn't go our way, but I think it was a great day out for us and, and we were unlucky um, a little bit. But but again, good fun and, and I think we all enjoyed it. Yeah, we were there and you know, Vipers put on an amazing score, didn't they? And I think to get even close to it and take it down to the last three balls, which effectively it was in the end, I just thought was a tremendous effort, really, really good. Uh, just a shame you couldn't quite get over the line. But Vipers were just unstoppable across those, well, that Saturday and what turned out to be the Sunday as well. And uh, it seemed like it was that trophy was was going to remain theirs. Yeah, they know they know how to win and, and they're coaching staff and, and their players that you know they've done that before they on the big games they know how to kind of knuckle down and take take some of that pressure on so I think they were like for a finals day they were they were very composed and played very well and to kind of wrap up what are your ambitions within cricket what do you want to achieve and go on to do um it's a tough question you know I'd love to play as much cricket as I can um keep playing and keep enjoying it and and seeing as many different grounds and playing against as many different people as I can in in as many different countries and just enjoying it and and kind of keeping keeping I guess to to grow the game and and to create more opportunities because if you think about kind of 10 15 years ago the girls weren't given the opportunity that that me and and, and my generation have and and in 10 15 years I hope that we can kind of create even more opportunity for for the people coming through. So personally, I think it's just to keep playing and enjoying as, cricket as much as I am, and like as as a as a as an off the field goal, it's to kind of keep doing what I can to support cricket and and keep it growing really. Mm-hmm. And and are you, outside of cricket, are you a student or are you on a gap year or, or where you're at at the moment? I'm on a gap year, so I've just finished A levels. So. Um, I was working a little bit and I'm I'm kind of doing a bit of bit of coaching and stuff like that. But at the moment it's just a bit I'm not sure what to do. It's just a bit um it's there's not a there's not a clear path at the moment for me. So I'm just kind of in and I'm in a position now I'm lucky enough that I can kind of just sit on it and wait and keep playing cricket and keep um enjoying it and, and seeing kind of where the next kind of winter and where the next kind of season after this where I can go with it really. Well, I mean, what what a last six months it's been for you. It's just been absolutely amazing in just the last few weeks. Uh, so we'll be watching your progression with a lot of interest because, uh, you know, you're one of the breakthrough stars of this season. Yeah, I mean, 
I wouldn't pretend, I probably wouldn't say that, but I would say I've, I've had a good few months and I've been given opportunities where like I didn't necessarily deserve them or, or where other people could have could have taken them on as well. So I'm just glad that I was given some chances in, in you know, senior Scotland senior team, Thunder senior team, um, academy, the 19s. I've been given all these opportunities to play, to bowl, you know, to bowl overs that, Again, like I've opened, I've I've been given chances, and I'm just grateful that I've been given these chances, and and just been allowed to play really, and just enjoy it as much as I have. Thank you so much for your time. We really, really do appreciate it. It's wonderful to uh, get a chance to chat with you. That's all right. Thank you for having me. That was brilliant. I, I, it was so good to talk to her. And again, it's another of those young players who've been to the Under-19 World Cup and have come back and have really made an impact on the regional cricket. Yeah, I think it's fantastic as well because she wasn't particularly one of the standout players at the Under-19 World Cup, but she's put so much hard work in, um, you know, probably before she went out to South Africa, but then since she's come back. And um, yeah, she's been playing really, really well. For Thunder, so that's that's really good to see. Um, we'll be back next week, probably with another guest, and the test match will be finished. We'll have so much to talk about, and it will be well when we record it won't be the eve, but the day it comes out will be the eve of the T20 at Edgbaston. So so much to look forward to. But in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. So our Instagram is North Child Podcast, and our Twitter is OO Child Podcast. Um, I'm posting daily kind of articles summarizing the day um so you can find them on twitter or instagram the links to them um so if you fancy a read uh, have a little read but yeah we'll see you next week